In other words, they told me that they were suspending me under clause 9.1. Budget to ensure financial stability amid rising costs of everyday living. Now, to tell us more about family finance. In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. What up? Welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, Catalyst Crucial Conversations for the Culture. I'm your host, Fred B., and today's episode might make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's going to hurt a little bit, but it'll get better, I promise you. Just hang in there with me. You ever suspect a relationship was dying, but just exerted more energy trying to postpone the seemingly inevitable? or Have you ever gotten caught up in second guessing your own dopeness, thinking that maybe you're the one making mountains out of molehills? Come on, don't do that to yourself. You've been rocking with yourself all your life. So, you know, when you're actually onto something, trust your gut instinct. Right. So That's what we're going to get into today. We're going to take a look at forging relationships versus forcing relationships versus even foregoing relationships. But first, I got to hit you with the ground rules and then we'll unpack it when we come back. This probably doesn't need to be said. But of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so the first... I think I want to talk about or I want to explore a little bit is this axiom that most of the listeners, I'm sure, have undoubtedly heard a few times. uh, And I suspect that you may have even heard yourself say it. Uh, That saying goes like this. Some people enter your life for a season or for a reason, season or a lifetime. Or some people say it and they say that people enter for a reason, season and a lifetime. Um, So I'm not sure if you've ever taken inventory of your own relationships to test the veracity of such a saying or not. But the older that I get, the more clearly I see the merit of this saying. In fact, you know, I think thinking or expecting things to be indefinite, thinking that things will be unconditional, expecting that they will be permanent. You know, now that I'm approaching 40, now at this stage, at this juncture in my life, eh, that seems a little bit juvenile, doesn't it? Wouldn't you agree? I I mean, I feel like it's a luxury. Uh, It's a myopic point of view that adults, in my opinion, can't afford to have because the devastation could be beyond repair, um, almost beyond repair. I'm a little more optimistic, but it could be close to being beyond repair. It could definitely cost a lot to repair. Let's say it that way. The devastation of having that type of erroneous expectation could just, man, it could, it could hurt. Okay. Um, and so this then is one of those areas where I can see, you know, the biblical writer describe the apostle Paul. He writes a letter to, um, 
a Corinthian community or community of believers in Corinthians. And he says, when I was a child, I thought, spake and understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Y'all, this expectation that relationships will be forever, that every relationship is at a covenant level. I think that's one of those childish things that we need to put away. As children, we handle relationships frivolously. We labeled everyone as a friend almost immediately, uh, indiscriminately. You know, we didn't discriminate. We didn't vet uh, these people out. And uh, I see this with my children today. You know, if someone is friendly or even just familiar, you know, a face that they've seen frequently, my children have a tendency, probably because of their limited vocabulary, I'll give them that, uh, they will identify them as their friend or even their best friend. Now, juxtapose that with most adults. Adults are skilled at finding other, less uh, weightier synonyms, at least I hope so, to confer upon people without uh, that they haven't done uh, proper due diligence on. Now, even if we forge friendships and appreciate those that do endure, they have stood the test of time. They've been with you through the peaks and the valleys. Um, I don't know that every adult has a true expectation that it will be until death do us part. <laughs> um, we may think that'll be nice if it lasts that long. We may even hope that it lasts that long, but I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet me at me. I don't know if we have the true expectation, like a concrete expectation, a bona fide expectation that um, that it's going to go forever. In fact, I don't know that we always think about it, that we stop and think about the longevity or the potential longevity um, of the relationship. Maybe that brings up another issue about our level of intention or our level of consciousness even in creating or in forging friendships in the first place. Now, here's the key about relationships not remaining the same forever. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay because seasons will inevitably change. They're supposed to change. And you, of necessity, out of necessity, adapt for the changed season right? Which may or may not be compatible with the people who aren't in the same season anymore. See, okay. So where I'm at in Texas, we are all going to experience winter at the same time. If you're local, right? Winter, spring, summer, fall. Now I will say Texas is a little unique because you can have all four seasons in one day. And sometimes you can have, uh, different seasons in different counties, right? But generally speaking, right? If we're all living in Texas, according to the solstice and, and, and the, the calendar, we know what season we're in. But internationally speaking, somebody else may be experiencing a different season and that will dictate or that will color our perspective at times. OK, so. If we're not on the same season, if we're not in the same season, the different things that we're doing, the activities that we're engaging at that time may throw us out of sync and it could adversely affect our relationship. It's not that either one of us is wrong. It's just that we are now in different seasons and, and it's really not compatible or it's, it, it makes the relationship that much more cumber, cumbersome. Not that you're wrong, not that I'm right, not that our seasons are wrong or right. It's just that, man, it takes so much effort and not that relationships should be without effort, but the ROI, the return of the investment. It's just right now, Mm, it just doesn't seem like it's working. And so there's ancient wisdom that teaches us that everything has a season. So everything is beautiful in its season. When you're in the, in, in the thick of fall and you're seeing the leaves change color, it's actually beautiful to see the red 
uh, the auburn and the gold colored leaves. You know, in the winter, it's okay to see the barren uh, trees and then snow comes and rest on the branches and things like that. But in the spring, you want to see the bloom. You're ready for the bloom. Everything is beautiful in its season. It's beautiful in its time. Now, uh, <coughs> I would qualify that a little bit for this context and say not only is everything beautiful in its time, for this context, I would say everything is only beautiful in its time or only beautiful in its proper season. And, and the reason why I say that is because things become toxic when it's beyond its time. It becomes uh, uh, unhealthy, unprofitable once it's spoiled. It has exceeded the expiration date. And now the nutrients, what was nutritious, has now become poisonous. It's become deleterious. The clothes from last season become too restricting uh, to be comfortable, or now they're not even in vogue. They're not even fashionable now, right? It looks uh, clumsy to wear, a little anachronistic to wear. Uh, the style is too immature, maybe, for who I am now. Uh, it's not flattering because, because of, hello, the uh, holiday weight that I may have put on. I might need to change it up a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, and the relationships, though they were once perfect, and they were a perfect fit, were never intended to fit us until death. And that is okay. I read a book one time called Necessary Endings. I believe it's by Dr. Henry Cloud. And it talks about, you know, talks about the need to, to grieve or mourn the ending of a relationship, but also to not um, feel any type of bitterness about relationships ending because sometimes relationships don't end because they're bad. They end because they were good. They were good for the, for us at that time. It was reciprocal. It was beneficial. It was healthy, but it has accomplished what it was intended to accomplish in that season. And it is OK to move on. Now, of course, there's some exceptions like marriage. Marriage is a covenant. Uh, I know I'm using biblical language uh, and you may not be a, a biblical type of person and that's OK, but I think you can get the concept. Uh, so marriage is a covenant that has a has the probability to last to death. And the reason why I say it, it has the probability is because at least there's a mutual understanding. Uh, there's an explicit uh, expressed consent even to grow together, to evolve together. You're the person I want to go on until there is no more going on. I want to go on until death with. Right now, parental relationships, uh, they have a probability to do the same, but it may be a little bit lower of a probability as children come into their own and they begin to maybe jettison or downright protest some of the traditions and paradigms that were passed down to them. And because they get rid of those belief systems or those paradigms, um, it may make it tough for them to relate to what I'm trying to say is sometimes it's difficult for the person to get rid of the idea while maintaining the person. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying you should get rid of the person and the idea if at all possible, because I believe relationships do matter. If you can, if you guys can come to an agreement and you guys can respect each other's boundaries, by all means, protect the relationship. But sometimes we identify so much with our beliefs that we can't suspend conversing about them long enough to talk about other things and focus on where there is some agreement. And so sometimes there's just so many disagreements that it shrouds or it eclipses those minor areas where you agree and the relationship just becomes a little bit un, um, untenable, you know? So, and this happens, uh, not out of disrespect, but just because, you know, our parents' paradigms don't always pair well with the identity that we are crafting for ourselves. And, you know, uh, 
that's okay. When I say that's okay, I mean, that's not something you should feel guilty about. I'm not trying to tell you to disown your parents. I'm just saying you don't have to feel guilty about seeing the world the way you see it, nor do you have to feel guilty that it makes you incompatible with some people or some spaces. Now, the reason I persist in saying it's okay, if it's not a permanent relationship, is to spare you. Um, this is something I've had to learn to spare you from uh, from filling it with unnecessary preservatives that would still attempt to make make force the relationship to work. Because if you add too many preservatives, you add too many artificial fillers, you add too many conditions, you contort yourself so much. And really, uh, at that point, once you do that, you don't have an organic relationship anymore where it just flows. You have a GMO relationship. <laughs> you have a relationship that's become too toxic uh, to be worth keeping anyway. It just is too dog on demanding, too dog on different, right? So we have to be able to discern the times. We have to be able to discern the seasons that we're in and that our companions are in and see if we're able. Uh, there's another uh, thing that comes to mind. Can two walk together except they agree? Now, we got to agree on where we're going or we're not able to travel this road together. Now, I might have to meet you there or I might have to circle back with you later on in life. But right now, if I'm going in this direction and you're going, if I'm going north and you're going south, we just don't agree on the direction that we're going in. Nothing wrong with you. We just don't agree on the direction. I can agree that you're a nice person. I can agree that we, I like some things about you and you like some things about me. But to do this together, to do this in close companionship, it's probably going to be uh, a little bit more uh, than difficult. All right. So now, of course, you guys, I got some more gems in the bag that I want to give you. But first, let me give you some important announcements and I'll be back to unpack the next segment for you. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks at mail.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right, listen, y'all, let me be clear. I know, I know that I'm not sharing any type of earth shattering revelation. I know you're not sitting there drinking your coffee or whatever the case may be thinking like, man, I've never thought about that. <laughs> I know that's not the case. I'm not posturing as some type of behavioral scientist. 
I know that I'm not saying anything that's new or hard to digest. Well, maybe it is hard to digest. Maybe this is something that you have had in the back of your mind. But, but now that I'm saying it, it's confronting you. Right. Um, but I just think that we are forging friendships unconsciously a lot of times. I think we do it passively. So what does this look like? Well, this looks like um, this looks like not having filters. Not qualifying our space or people that come in as they come into our space or letting them in, but not having boundaries, just anything goes. And maybe we haven't identified what we are, our likes, our, 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 our proclivities, our affinities and, and, and our appetites, you know, uh, and maybe we have secret boundaries in our mind. We think these people should know, but we're not telling them. So we're trying to hold them accountable where we have not made them aware. Uh, you know, so there's a code, there's an expectation, there's a decorum or there's a line that can be transgressed, but we didn't act on it. We didn't have the courage to express it. And so we fail or cannot enforce it. But really a boundary that isn't communicated is really not a boundary at all, y'all. And boundaries aren't something to feel guilty or a guilt. Excuse me. They're not something to feel guilty over. Full stop. Boundaries are not something to feel guilty over. Boundaries is what healthy people set. Boundaries are created to protect things of value. And you, my friend, are a person of great value. And your relationships, then, by extension of you, are things of value. So forging friendships unconsciously looks like being 100% uh, indiscriminate to the point that everyone who sends you a friend request in real life or virtual life becomes your friend. Now, watch this. They initiate, they request friendship and you say yes, you acquiesce versus you actively choosing who you want to be friends with or you at least qualifying who's your friend. There's a difference with someone befriends you versus you befriending them or you guys both agreeing to be friends. Uh, and so this usually happens, uh, you know, you, you're indiscriminate. That usually happens when. When you haven't, as the uh, the great philosopher and jester Cat Williams says, uh, when you're not in tune with your star player, <laughs> when you haven't been still enough to uh, to 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 uh, to be acquainted with your own wants, likes, needs and dislikes or not well enough to know them and to own them. See, sometimes we know we like certain things, but we feel a type of way we feel embarrassed about certain appetites and certain needs. But once you get to a point where you fully accepted it, you've worked on that self-awareness, then you've worked on that self-acceptance, and now you own it, and you own it unabashedly, there's, you're at a different place then, y'all. And so the benefit of being in tune with yourself is that you know what you're comfortable with and who and or what you can contribute to a relationship and vice versa so that you can have more met than unmet expectations, y'all. All right. So I have a confession in my life. I've been guilty of allowing nostalgia to foster a sense of loyalty to a person who only exists in my imagination or in my memory, meaning it is a figment of my imagination. It is not the real person that I'm relating to. I am bypassing the person in front of me and relating to either what I want them to be, which is really influenced by what I remember them to be. So. Uh, that means I can meet a person and they were in one state. But since that time, since upon meeting them, they have devolved uh, into a place that is or will become a detriment to the person uh, or to the essence of who I am, who I'm evolving into or what I aspire to achieve. Right. They're no longer the person that I met. 
initially. And I've had difficulty in soberly assessing a person's real time actions, independent of the favors that they performed for me uh, decades ago or the memories we've created decades ago. Um, Maybe the favors that I've uh, performed for them, you know. And the truth is, we're just simply not the same people. And that's okay. Or maybe one of us is the same person. And to remain close uh, our close friends, uh, we volunteer to arrest our development. We we um, we play small. We agree. We acquiesce to play small. We of our own volition choose to be disingenuous. We um, we we just say, you know what, I'm going to contort myself while the reality is you guys are just not the same. You're not orbiting around the same star anymore. Life has changed and, and that's OK. And so if you're like me, you've observed people who just play small to uh, they, they disregard their own needs even just to exhume or to continue a relationship that they um, simply should have by now eulogized, memorialized and just appreciated what it was and the purpose that it served and all the good memories. Uh, and they've done that all because we have this misunderstanding that relationships or anything else for that matter is supposed to be forever. And we have to loose ourselves from being bound to that type of ideology because you know, because we have this tacit understanding that relationships are for, forever, which is erroneous, we seldomly end the relationship, if ever. So we don't think the relationship is supposed to end, so we don't end it, or we don't properly punctuate it. We don't, uh, we don't tame it. You know, um, we don't influence how it's going to go. So instead of instead of amicably ending the relationship or redefining it, we darn near require an extinction level event of some or some type of drama to pop off in order to properly punctuate the relationship. And what that does is that allows us to blame the other person or the event instead of acknowledging and owning our evolution. You know, instead of saying, hey, my passions, my appetites, my calling, my mentality has shifted so much so that unfortunately we're not compatible anymore. And so we, we, we remain passive. We passively accepted the relationship. They sent a friend request, whether virtually, whether offline or online, and we just accept it. Because they wanted to be friends, we just acquiesced. And we also, just like we passively accepted the relationship, we passively terminate, meaning we just let it go. And however it steers, it goes. Instead of putting both hands on the wheel, whether it comes to accepting or whether it comes to ending or refining, redefining a relationship. Um, and um, that's not really being present, being conscious, being in control of our space. So I got two thoughts on compatibility, though. It's fine that we are not compatible with people at at one point. And I say this because people are often critical of themselves and they try not to be judgmental. That's the whole aim. I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental. But the truth is that you can make a judgment without being judgmental. You can be judicious without being condemning. You aren't violating anyone uh, despite how they may feel about it. They may feel like you're violating them, but you're not violating someone by judging their personality, habits, aspirations, et cetera, to be in conflict with where you are and where you're going. So you're not even making a judgment whether it's wrong or right. You're just making it a judgment about is it profitable for you? Is it beneficial for you? Right. Um or you're judging, is this going to be exasperating to continue to engage this person or to do these type of activities with this person? 
You know, it's our life and it's our responsibility to make a judgment about what we allow and what we will forbid. We have to pay attention to all the details of our of our life. That is our right. And that is also our responsibility. And we can acknowledge we can acknowledge differences in value, et cetera, without saying someone else is wrong so that we can be right. We're just talking about what's beneficial, what's expedient, what's profitable for us. My other thought about compatibility is that compatibility doesn't necessarily mean sameness. That's similarity, not compatibility. So compatibility implies some similarity, but also an acceptable amount of polarity. Opposites, right? Like batteries work when they're on opposite sides. So you need some similarities, but you but some differences are okay. So I'm not saying you guys have to be the same in order to be compatible. I'm just saying there needs to be some type of balance. You need to count out the cost to see what are our similarities and how does that work with our differences and how do how do the two influence our interactions? All right, let me try to um, s- summarize this or give give some takeaways since I kind of maybe I was all over the place. I want to bring it full circle and just kind of land the plane. Um, I opened up with the axiom that you know some people enter your life for a reason, season, and or a lifetime. And with that, I say that we should audit and edit our relationships uh, as necessary. And by that, I mean, or I meant that we should ask and assess, why are you here? (laughs) Uh, You know, when somebody sends you the request, well, why? What are you expecting to get out of this? Now, you don't have to interview them, which I'm not against, though, but you don't have to interview them. But you can kind of get a feel. You can make an observation. So even if you don't ask them, start to assess, watch how they move. Why are they here? Um, And the answer could range from mere recreation, like all we're doing is hanging out, to actual business. I want to create business with you. I want us to leverage our skill sets to see how we can serve one another in a reciprocal relationship. Um, And then you decide on the merit of their reason. You know, just be clear so that you can see if the goal is even realistic, if what they're expecting to derive from the relationship is even something that can be produced can be experienced. So that way you can avoid, uh, you can avoid frustration or so that you can know if it's a time to say goodbye. Maybe you need to ask them, Hey, why are you still here? You know, maybe it was clear why you guys started, but Hey, why are we still running together? Then I talk about a season, right? So you want to identify what season you're in. Has your season changed? Many times you forge friendships while you're, you know, you're fledgling at something. You're a novice, you're a neophyte, uh, at something. And then they will submit you in their minds as and in the minds of others, as they introduce you to others as this fledgling, as this inexperienced person. Right. And in, in, in essence, what they'll be doing is they'll continue perpetually. Right. They will perpetually try to little bro you, even though now you're a big homie. They will not appreciate your marriage, your evolution, your growth, because when they saw you, they had one up and they will always forever see you as that type of person. Kind of like what the Bible talks about, like a prophet is not without honor, except for in his own town, sometimes because they saw you grow up, they can't give you the honor that other people would give you that other people would impute to you um, because they know you from way back when. And so if you meet someone while you're in a season of healing and recovery, don't be deceived into continuing to play sick, just prolong the season so that you can continue to enjoy their company. No, if you're well, then walk that out, manifest your wellness and let the chips fall where they lay. Perhaps their reason for entering was to help um, or to be reciprocal. And the reason was accomplished and the season has expired. Seasons in. That's why we have winter, spring, 
summer, fall, all these seasons end. Neither of those seasons are bad. Their ending and their beginning is not bad. It's just a cycle. It's just nat- natural. So own your progress um, or respect theirs or, or and or respect theirs and be inspired in your own journey. That's it, y'all. And just like that, it's a wrap. Another episode for the archives. Do you like it? Do you feel it, though? Did anything resonate with you? Did it motivate you? So now what? What are you going to do about it? What's your next move? Share your thoughts by emailing fredtalx at mail.com or connect on Twitter at fredtalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. Tune in next time for some more gems. 